welcome to Second City Stars. We are continuing to read through the book of Psalms in the Bible, which is a book in the Old Testament, which is the first half of the Bible. So this book is called Psalms, and we are going to read chapter 66. We're going to read a few verses from, from this particular chapter. So let's read it. This is Psalm 66. Shout to God for joy, everyone on earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Give him glorious praise. Say to God, what wonderful things you do. Your power is so great that your enemies bow down to you in fear. Everyone on earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what, the, what God has done. See what wonderful things he has done for his people. He turned the Red Sea into dry land. The people of Israel passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us be full of joy because of what he did. He rules by his power forever. His eyes watch the nations. Let no one who refuses to obey him rise up against him. Praise our God, all you nations. Let the sound of the praise you give him be heard. He has kept us alive. He has kept our feet from slipping. Come and hear all you who have respect for God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cry out to him with my mouth. I praised him with my tongue. If I had enjoyed having sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. But God has surely listened. He has heard my prayer. Give praise to God. He has accepted my prayer. He has not held back his love from me. This psalm says that we should give praise to God and talk about all the wonderful things that he has done in our lives and in the lives of others. The person who wrote this psalm did just that by writing about something incredible the Lord had done for his people. And this is in verse 6. It says that, God turned the water of the Red Sea into dry land so that the people could walk through it. And this is a story that is found earlier in the Bible in the book of Exodus. So God's people, the Israelites, were escaping Egypt and their enemies were following them. So the Israelites were trapped at the Red Sea because they couldn't cross and the Egyptians were going to catch up. It was when the Israelites needed help that God showed up and did a miracle. The miracle was to move the water aside so that all the people could cross over safely. That's something great that God has done for his people by showing up when they needed help. And the wonderful thing is that God will do the same for us. He's always helping us and making things possible that we first thought were impossible. God loves to help us and we should remember what he's done and thank him for it. One of the most important things he's done for us is to save us from having to pay the punishment for all the bad things that we've done. And Jesus came down to earth and paid that for us so that we don't have to. Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later, which showed just how powerful he is. And because of this, we were able to have a relationship with God so we can talk to him here on earth as well as be with God forever in heaven. We just have to believe that Jesus did this for us. And this is something that we can celebrate and thank God for. 
Verse 5 in Psalm 66 can remind us that God has done so many great things for his people over the years. So let's memorize verse 5. So say the first part after me. Come and see what God has done. In the second part, see what wonderful things he has done for his people. Okay, the first part, come and see what God has done. In the second part, see what wonderful things he has done for his people. So this is the whole verse together. Come and see what God has done. See what wonderful things he has done for his people. Psalm 66, 5. Let's say a prayer to God and thank him for what he's done for us. Dear God, we thank you so much that you have sent your son Jesus to earth so that he could pay the punishment for all the bad things that we've done so that we don't have to. We thank you that he rose again on the third day showing that he is so powerful. And we thank you that we are able to know you and that we can be with you in heaven. And we love you, God. We pray that you would help teach us and guide us. And we just want to know you more, God. So we thank you today and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's sing some songs so that we can continue to praise God and thank him today for everything that he's done. This song is called Fruit of the Spirit. fruit of the spirit is just remember that song great job everyone our second song is i've got peace like a river all right here we go ready i've got peace like a river i've got peace like a river i've got peace like a river I've 
Hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. Before we get started today, let's consider this our lobby moment where we have an opportunity to get to know one another. If you would, please share your name and maybe from where you might be worshiping with us today. In just a moment here, you'll see a countdown letting us know that worship is about to begin, and you can prepare your heart during that time. But we just wanted you to know that we're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And once again, welcome. Second City Church, thank you so much for joining us. Whether you have been with us for a hundred times or if this is your first time, we are so happy that you are here. And we just invite you to come before the throne of God 
this morning, um, whether you're sitting on your couch or on your knees or standing up or whatever it might be, that you would just come with a heart of worship, being prepared for what the Lord has to say to you this morning through worship, through announcements, through the word. Um, we're so happy that you're here and please join us now for, uh, for some songs. heart 
Race to life, our God. 
overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling Oh, come to
Welcome to Second City Church. I'm Sarah Baker, campus missionary at Second City, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Before we get started with the announcements, please take a moment to prayerfully invite someone to church, share this link, and check us out on YouTube. Throughout today's message, click the Request Prayer button, and we would be honored to stand with you in prayer in a private chat thread. Prayer counselors are standing by now. At Second City Church, our vision is Christ, community, and culture. We are here to worship Jesus Christ, share life together in community, and be empowered to impact our culture by bringing the kingdom of God in every sphere of influence. Here are some ways to practically get connected. At the end of today's message, you'll see an opportunity in the chat box to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life today. Click the link so we can get connected with you and help you get started in this amazing new life with Jesus. You can join a community group by going to our website. Join a group to get connected with others and practically apply God's word in our lives. Navigate over to secondcitychurch.com and click the culture tab to find all the ways to engage our culture with the good news of Jesus and bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Pre-service prayer is every Sunday from 9 to 9.45 a.m. God encourages in his word to pray without ceasing, and this is an awesome time to pray and intercede on behalf of our church, city, and the nations. Join us Sundays prior to service for this time of group prayer. And water baptisms are today at 2 p.m. Join us at the Ministry Center as we celebrate those who are being water baptized. And if you feel the call to take the step of faith, please talk to one of our pastors, your community group leader, or go to our website today. Membership class is next Sunday, November 14th after service. Do you want to know the history of God's work at Second City Church? Is God possibly calling you to join in the mission He has us on? Then come check out the membership class. And Community Day is coming up Tuesday, November 16th from 5 to 10 p.m. Come and go as you please. This is a time for the church and surrounding community to come and spend time with one another, relax, encourage, and edify. This month's Community Day is titled 007, No Time to Pie. What does that mean? It means we're going to have a pie baking contest. You need to bring nothing besides a competitive and creative attitude to participate. Ben and Kendall will provide all the ingredients for the teams to create their unique pie and then we'll bake them, judge them, and eat them. The bake-off will start promptly at 6.30 p.m. So if you want to participate, please make sure you arrive by this time. In addition to pie, there will be food, bonfire, and lots of time to sit back, relax with old and new friends. Check out our website for the address and more details. And Friendsgiving 2021 is coming up Sunday, November 21st from 1.30 to 4.30 p.m. at the Ministry Center. We are really excited to bring back this annual Friendsgiving, potluck style. Bring your friends and family for a feast to celebrate and experience God's abundant blessing. Everyone is welcome. Please RSVP and sign up for your dish to pass on the website. Now let's continue our worship through a time of giving. 2 Chronicles 29.11 says, My sons, do not now be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, 
to minister to him and to be his ministers and make offerings to him. Though we were not worthy to stand in the presence of a perfectly loving and perfectly just God, God shows us to be worthy. He made a way for us to minister, serve, and live in intimate relationship with him through the offering of his son, Jesus Christ. We have this relationship with God based on what God did for us, not on what we did for him. May we offer our lives, time, and resources as a proper response to his love and grace. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, God. You came to give us life and life abundantly, God. We do not, we are not worthy, God, to be in your presence and, and receive your love. But God, you made us worthy by sending Jesus to cover our sin, our shame, and our guilt. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and minds to what you want to do today. God, release us from the sin that so easily entangles, God, and Holy Spirit, empower us to live the life, destiny, and calling you want to give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we'll have the message. Hello, everybody. Again, welcome to Second City Church. Uh, we hope that you've been able to enter into God's presence as we've come together to worship Him because He surely is worthy of it. And I'm excited to uh, talk with you today as an extension of last week's message by our dear friend, Pastor Joel Magpante, where he was laying out for us God's design, which is to be our delight in walking as disciples of our amazing Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you didn't hear that yet, go back and listen to it. I'm not going to cover all of the reasons why we should be disciples. Um, but in essence, it's because, number one, Jesus is worthy of it as the Son of God who's preeminent above all things. Right? He's worthy of it. And because He's worthy of it, He commands it for us to walk with Him and it is for our delight when we do it. So this message today is not about why we should be disciples, but it is about how we walk as disciples. Now here at Second City Church, we've developed some growth tracks that we want to run on in growing as disciples of Jesus and taking others with us. And so today, our focus point is we love Jesus by being His disciples that make disciples. The focus is we love Jesus by being disciples, meaning obedient to Him, and by making disciples. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask now that you would open our hearts and our minds and that you would reveal in greater measure the majesty, the glory of Jesus Christ, that we would see Him as He is and not dumbed down as the world would want us to see. Let us not drag the Holy One down, but Lord, lift our eyes and open our hearts to see Him as He is today, that we may walk with joy and delight and confidence as His disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. So the three things we're going to talk about today is, number one, what do we do? Number two, how do we do it? And then number three, we're going to get personal, where are you at? So what do we do? So our mission is given to us from Jesus. Even though we come up with methods in the day, the age, the society, the culture that we live in, our mission is given from Jesus, and we didn't just come up with it at Second City Church. But we've taken Matthew 28, 19 through 20, which is the Great Commission that is for 
all the earth, for all believers who come to walk with him. And that says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, and some translations say teaching them to obey, okay? Whenever we hear, we want to do. So teaching them to obey or observe all that I have commanded you. And this is Jesus speaking. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so here at Second City Church, we have taken that statement and we have put it into a mission statement here at the church. And if you've never heard it, I'm going to read it all for you. That mission statement is, at Second City Church, we want to live lives of, here we go, winning the lost, making disciples, and training leaders that establish Christ-honoring churches that multiply in the city of Chicago and the nations. And so that's our mission that is based on that great commission that Jesus has given us. Now you're saying, well, what is the, the, the value of how, how do we do that? And so we have 2 Corinthians 4, 5 as not just our, our uh, mission statement, but the scripture that tells us how we're going to do it. And so it's the, uh, the umbrella that covers all of the growth tracks that we're going to talk about. And 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And what's interesting in that scripture is that depending on the translations you read, which I recommend that you don't just have one translation. Yes, have one that's like your primary, but then always look at the other ones to see as well. So that word there that says, as your servants for Jesus' sake, wow, sometimes that's translated as slaves based on the role that we take. Yes, we're servants and slaves of Jesus Christ because He's the Holy One. He's God in the flesh. But we come under people as servants of Jesus in their lives, as slaves of Jesus in their lives, in order to lift them up that they may see the glory of God. Now, you guys have heard us talk about the three C's over and over and over. And we're going to go just a little bit deeper today into what those three C's are and what they mean. So the first C is Christ. Everything we do is about Jesus Christ because like Pastor Joel was reminding us yesterday, the scripture says that he is the preeminent one. He is the beginning. He is God incarnate, God in the flesh who walked among us. And so everything we do is about him. All things were created by him, through him, and for him. And because of that, everything we do is for him. And so some of the scriptures we're going to look at are 1 Corinthians 3.11. It says that, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we all try to lay foundations, but we do it, um, and it's, it, it, uh, it's not going to last, is all I can say. They will get tested, and they will be proven to not last. And so we don't want to lay our own foundations. We want to build on the foundation that has already been laid, and that is Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So if humanity's biggest problem is sin, and there's only one Savior that God has provided for us, there's no other name, it's only Jesus, then we should build on that. John 3.16 a lot of us know it. You see it at the games with the guy with the big belly, right? <laughs> for John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
And so in our mission statement, it says that we win the lost, we make disciples, and we train leaders. And so this part of Christ is winning the lost. Without Christ, we are lost. Without Christ, we are desperately in need of a Savior. And we're already condemned without Him because of sin that is in our lives. And so the way we fulfill the first part of that mission of winning the lost is by bringing Christ to the ones around us. Okay, the second C, community. Now we said well, winning the lost, making disciples. Well, community is where we worship Jesus, of course, right? So Christ, but community is where making disciples happens. And that's where we share life together in community. So I'm going to read for us Acts 2, 42 through 47. And I want you to see how the first church after the first message was preached by Peter after Jesus had ascended and the Holy Spirit had come in power and baptized them so that they could go and make disciples. This is the result of that. This is what the first church looked like. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Here we go. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so this is always super challenging to me in our individualistic society where everything is customized and tailored to meet our needs. We believe that things are supposed to conform to us. But when we come to community, when we come to Christ and He puts us in His community, when we become disciples, Scripture and Proverbs says that iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. They shared everything that they had together and they did it daily. And this is where our, uh, our faith, our commitment, our devotion gets tested because it takes effort to live in peace in tight community with other people. Today's message is not all about that, so we're not going to go all the way through that, but meditate on that. This is what it's supposed to look like. And then culture, the third C, right? And we said making, excuse me, winning the lost, making disciples, and training leaders. So culture, that's where our leaders are to be sent into the culture as ambassadors for Christ and their sphere of influence, whatever that is, whether that be the marketplace at your job, whether that be the education system, whether you're an educator or you're in school right now, in your home, if you're a stay-at-home mom, that is your uh, that is your culture. And yes, you could be trained in leadership and how to make disciples in that culture, wherever it is. And so Matthew 13, 31 through 33 says, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leaven. So what you see there as we are being trained as leaders to impact the culture, it takes time, right? God is patient. He is kind. And that's because it takes time <laughs> to mature. 
we're going to make mistakes. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you see there that that's okay if it takes time because if things come quickly, they usually go quickly. But as we grow in Christ, community, and culture, as we win the lost, we make disciples, and we train leaders, it will leaven the whole culture, um, and the kingdom will, come, will advance among us. Matthew 5, 13, 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but as salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So guys, he wants us to not individualize our faith, but to go and make disciples as we're worshiping Christ, as we're being part of the community and sharpening one another daily, growing um, with each other and by each other as well. And then he wants us to lead as ambassadors in the areas that he sent us, a salt and light, a city on a hill. Don't cover it up, but let your light shine. And then after the three, after the three C's, we added an M, and that is multiply, okay? Because we said we want to uh, win the lost, make disciples, and train leaders that establish Christ-honoring churches that multiply in Chicago, in the nations. And so we see multiply in 2 Timothy 2, 2 is where we get that part from. And it says, what you have heard from me, and this is Paul the Apostle, one of the greatest disciple makers of all time, right? He says, and what you have learned from me in the presence of many witnesses, right? Because he was always making disciples, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And ladies, you don't get off the hook. That Greek word can be translated as both men and women, depending on the context. So this is for everybody to go and make disciples and multiply. And so the question we want to ask ourselves is, when and how did you respond to the call of discipleship? Have you responded to the call of Jesus to become a fisher of men? Because Jesus said, come, follow me. And a lot of us, we want to be with Jesus when we recognize who he is as the Savior, and we recognize our need for a Savior, of course we want to be with our precious, gentle, kind, forgiving Savior, right? But then he says, and I will make you fishers of men. But as we're with him, as we're with the Savior and our Lord, he makes us fishers of men. We begin to overflow with his heart for those who were where we were, who were lost and hurting without God in the world. And so we will become fishers of men. So if you haven't, Today, I want you to make that commitment that you're not just going to be with Jesus, but you're going to fish with Jesus. Okay, now we're going to move on to part two. First part was, um, what, what do we do? So Christ community culture multiply. That's what we do, right? And now we're going to look at how do we do it. So we walk as disciples of Jesus, very simple, by obeying him. Think about the word disciple, right? It's, I mean, we have lots of similar words. We have discipline, right? And so when we discipline ourselves or we allow the Holy Spirit, when you're a believer, when you allow the Holy Spirit to crucify the flesh so that the life of God may work out, it will, it will mean that you're obeying His commandments. So we walk as disciples of Jesus by obeying Him. 
we make disciples through relationships. So number one, what, how do we do it? We obey Jesus. <laughs> number two, how do we do it? We build relationships with others. And number three, as we take others around us, excuse me, take others with us around the growth track, which we have this lovely document that is being designed, and um, it may be ready by the time you guys are watching this, and I hope it is, but if not, we're going to have it really soon. It's going to be beautiful that will lay out the growth track for us. Um, as we do these things, obey Jesus, as we build relationships, and we take others with us around the growth tracks we're going to talk about, we will fulfill the Great Commission. Isn't that exciting? It is that simple. So how do we do it then? What are the growth tracks? So the growth tracks are the four E's. Okay, you ready? The four E's of engage, equip, excuse me, engage, establish, equip, and empower. Okay guys, so let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about engage. Uh, for all the evangelists out there, this is their favorite one. Let's get back to it on my chart here. So sorry about that, guys. Okay, engage. So we're going to engage culture and community. The goal of the engage is to preach the gospel. Very simple. Where do we find ourselves out? Find ourselves at. If we're at home, if we're on the bus, if we're at our school, if we're in the workplace, wherever we're at, we want to engage our sphere of influence, our culture, and our community with the gospel. Now, how do we do this? We do it, like we said, 2 Corinthians 4, 5. We become servants of Jesus so that we can serve others. And I love how 1 Corinthians 9, 22 says, Paul says, For I became weak that I might win the weak, and I have become all things to all people by all means that I might mean some of them. So a disciple engages his culture and his community or her culture and community by becoming like them among them. Not partaking in sin or godlessness, but in whatever our preferences are is what this is talking about. Wherever we may have come from, we let go of our preferences, we crucify the flesh, and we begin to relate to those around us. Now, what is the result when we do this? That the lost are found and heaven parties. Luke 15, 1-7, I love it. It says, Now that the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one, until, the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. And just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Of course, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus is saying, those who realize their need for a Savior, right? When we find them and they find the Savior and they come into the kingdom, we should be rejoicing with Jesus. If you want to have the joy of Jesus, I'm telling you, you got to get to fishing. You got to go fishing with him, guys. There are parts of Jesus that if you have not been fishing with him, you have not experienced and he wants you to. Now, what are the tools that we have in some of the environments to help us do the first D of engaging the culture in our community? We have the God test. Have you heard of it? 
I want you to go to thegodtest.org and I want you to download the app there. Okay, and we have the one-to-one -one app as well. This helps us engage those in a one-to-one -one atmosphere over coffee or a, or a meal. And it's a Bible study that talks about salvation. What is it? Repentance, baptism, lordship, the church, the very basics of the faith. That helps us engage people with the gospel so they know what they're committing to. We also can engage people with our community groups. Our community groups are open. That means that anybody can come to them and hear not only how to walk with Jesus, but they can hear the good news of Jesus. So we can invite people to that as well. Church services, we're always sharing the gospel at our church services, so invite people to that. And then evangelism events. We have teams that go out throughout the week, actually, and sometimes we go beyond our city to other places on short-term mission trips as well on our church planning initiatives. And so ask us about that, and you can get away and be a part of that. Okay, now we're going to move on to the second E. The first one was engaged. The second one is establish. And we want to establish people in biblical foundations. That is the second point on the growth track. Okay, establish in biblical foundations. So we want to establish people in the faith, in the word, in prayer, and in the church. Now, how do we do this? We do this by building through devotion. Okay, Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, Everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house. So the same scenario as the last one. But this house fell, and great was the fall of it. So we want to build lives that are on eternal foundations, and we want to help others do that as well. Okay, and then we go on from there. And now, result is that when people have built lives on the rock of Christ, on the word of Christ, they will have a rock-solid rock solid foundation on Jesus. Right? Remember we talked about it earlier? There's only one foundation for eternal life that has been laid, and that is Jesus Christ. And so we want to help you and help others build on that foundation. Now, what are some of the tools that we have to do that? We have, uh, of course, the one-to-one, -one, but hopefully you've already gone through that. And if not, that's your first step. But we have the Purple Book. This is a foundational Bible study that is 12 parts and goes more in-depth than the one-to-one -to, -one to help people build strong foundations. Um, we do that as a class sometimes at the church, but also you can get together with people and do it as a group as well. We have community groups that are doing Bible studies and also taking the weekly messages and doing a deep dive into Scripture that will help you build foundations um, in the Word, prayer, faith, and the church. And then we encourage you to come and build your foundations through prayer and worship meetings as well. Those are happening at different times. Sunday morning before service at 9 a.m. is one of them. And then on the first Friday of the month, we have a time of prayer and fasting that day. And then uh, on the last Friday of the month, at times we do uh, prayer nights and worship nights. And then there's random ones going on in, within our community groups that they set up as well. So please get involved with that. Okay, guys, now we're going to move on to the next E. So we had engage, we had establish, right? And now we have equip. Now, all my teachers love this one, right? Um, believers, we want to equip believers to minister or to serve. And the goal is to be equipped in basic ministry skills. 
And the method to doing that is we want to follow others. We want to go with them where they're going. Jesus said, come follow me, right? Well, God's given us people in our lives that are doing these things, and we should take advantage of that and go with them when they're actually going and engaging, when they're actually going and establishing. So we want to follow them, but we also want to study. And then we want to, we want to practice that as well, right? And that's one of the ways we're going to learn. And the result when we do this is we're going to be equipped, we're going to grow in maturity, and then according to the scripture in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, the body of Christ is built up. So let's look at that. Ephesians 4, 11, 13 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. When? For how long? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then Matthew 4.19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So please take advantage of the opportunities to go with others who are doing this, right? And if you are doing this, look around and grab somebody and say, Come follow me as I follow Christ, and we'll do this together. Now some of the ways that you can do this, of course, follow people, but community groups. Our community groups are a great place to begin ministering to one another and inviting people to those. We have a Making Disciples training, which is based on this Bible study that you probably see right here. Okay, We do that as a class, but we also encourage you to get this and go through it, uh, either in your community groups or with another group if you know some other people that are at this point in their walk. And then evangelism events, and then the spiritual gifts training that we have at least once a year where you can learn what your spiritual gifts are. And then, um, let's see. Second Timothy 2.2 says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also. And that is the scripture for the last E, which is empower. We want to be empowered as disciples to make disciples. And the goal is that when we get to this step, we'll be making disciples with confidence and competence. Now, how do we do this? We do this by grabbing somebody else and take them through the growth track with us, right? If you're in the empower stage, hopefully you've, you've already got some people that you've gone with and taken them through the engage stage, introducing them to Christ, winning the lost. Then you've involved them in the community of God, helping them get established and equipped. And now you're helping them get empowered as well. And so take them around the growth track with you. And the result is you, as you do this, you will mature and you will have great, um, the, and the Great Commission as a whole progresses as we all do this. And some of the ways that we do this, the tools and environments we have are going to be the community groups once again. If you're not serving on a ministry team, get involved in a ministry team. Uh, and then we have a wonderful uh, class for people who are thinking about going into ministry. Or they definitely want to be elders in a church one day, right? And that is Leadership 215. Now, anybody can take this class. We just ask that you are moving around these growth tracks, right? That you are actively engaging. You're, you're establishing, you're equipping, you're empowering. And then we're going to get that started in spring, early spring of next year. We're going to be uh, doing Leadership 215, so we invite you to be part of that. All right, well, let's reflect for a moment. All right, how are you actively and intentionally engaging your culture and community? Who helped you establish foundations when you first started following Jesus? How did they help you do that? 
It's good to think through these things as you're wondering how you can do it. And the truth is, you will mature as you minister. So the question along that truth is, what excuses in the past have you used to prove that you were not ready to minister yet? And then, I love this one, are you okay with mistakes? Why or why not? Well, I'm going to tell you, Jesus is okay with mistakes. Why? Because that's how we learn, right? Peter said, I'll never deny you, even after die, die with you. And then, of course, he's a natural leader, right? And so everybody else said, us too. What happened? Denied Jesus three times, right? <laughs> and then he bawled. He was so broken after it, even though Jesus told him it was going to happen and he was going to do it. So you will make mistakes, and that's okay. Though a righteous man falls seven times, Proverbs says he gets back up, right? So the point is, we stay in community, we get back up, and we learn, we go to the Word, we go to God, and the people are discipling us to help us move forward. And so lastly, where are you in this process? The truth is that we will mature, you will mature as you minister. Failure is part of God's growth track. Jesus promises to make us fishers of men. You are not alone. Jesus promised to be with us as we go. Remember the Great Commission, and behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And there are aspects of joy, like we talked about earlier, and peace that you will not experience until you begin fishing with Jesus, until you begin going around this growth track and being involved in the Great Commission. And also the truth is, the body of Christ is built up as each part does its part. It is absolutely essential that we all engage in the discipleship-making process with our unique giftings. When we do, the church will grow in maturity and size. But more importantly, Jesus will receive the worship that He deserves from all the people that He is calling to Himself, that we've worked with Him to bring them into the kingdom. And so last scripture is Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather speaking the truth in love. Guys, as we're growing and we're maturing as a church in making disciples and being willing to be corrected, to be rebuked when needed, to be encouraged, um, we will need to speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And last question is, are you doing your part so that the body of Christ can be built up? And so today, the goal is that we would surrender to Jesus' call to not only follow Him, but to let Him work in us to become fishers of men. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, today I ask that for those who have realized that, you know, I do love Jesus, but I'm not fishing. Uh, Jesus, you promised that you would make them fishers of men. And so, Lord, we ask today that you would do that for all of us, that you would make us fishers of men. We want to obey you. We want to be disciples who make disciples. So we ask you for that grace. 
And Lord, as some people have realized here that, you know what, I, uh, I've never really counted the cost. God, we pray that you would help them to see not only the cost, which is great and it is true, taking up a cross daily, um, crucifying the flesh daily as we allow your spirit to change us into the image of Christ. Uh, God, we pray that they would not grow uh, weary, Lord, but they would see that the joy of being with you as of all surpassing value, Lord, and to take up a cross daily, to actually surrender, to repent from living for themselves, and to begin to put all of their eggs in the one basket of the kingdom of God, Lord, all their time, talent, treasure, and resources, God that you would encourage them and increase their faith right now, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And God, we pray that you would build up Second City Church, that every part would do its part, Lord. That we would be disciples who make disciples so that worship would flow to you because you deserve it, Lord Jesus. God, we ask that you would help us to fulfill the mission, the Great Commission, Lord. That you would help us to win the lost for you, Jesus to make disciples and to train leaders that start Christ-honoring churches in the city of Chicago and the nations by your power, unless you build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. So Lord, do it through us. In Jesus' name, for your glory we pray, amen. Okay guys, if you have questions, we definitely wanna talk with you. Please go to, new, go to our website and click the New Life tab and let us know how we can be of assistance to help you get going or click the prayer tab as well um, and then go to a community group where these things are going to be talked about and fleshed out as well okay guys let's go back into a time of worship and uh, worship the one who gave it all so that we could be with him forever in jesus name all right what a wonderful word that we were able to receive and now we have the great distinct privilege of celebrating the sacrament of communion together. And if you're not familiar with the sacrament, it was instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ on the night that he was about to be betrayed prior to his crucifixion. And in the Gospel of Luke chapter 22 verse 14, it reads this way, speaking of that institution. It says, and when the hour came, he, meaning Jesus, reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So when we celebrate the sacrament of communion, what we're doing is we're doing the very thing that Jesus instituted that Passover night with his disciples. We take of first the bread, which is representing the broken body of Jesus Christ. And if you've never come to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, the wrongdoing that we committed against a holy and a righteous God, 
This is the moment to make your peace with God by acknowledging the broken body of Jesus Christ, broken on the cross for you, that he might take the wrath of God that you deserve and that I deserve, that we might in turn go free. And so as we recognize the broken body of Jesus, let's have a word of prayer together. God Almighty, we thank you for your word to us today, and we thank you that you've given us the broken body of Jesus to be reconciled with you. God, we ask you that you would help us to make this a moment of repentance, that not only would we acknowledge the atoning work of Jesus on the cross, taking our sins in his own body, but that this would be a moment of repentance where we turn away from every known and unknown sin that we've committed against you, that we might walk in faith and in purity before you from this point forward by the power of your resurrection life in Jesus' name. And as we pray that together, you can take of the bread. But Jesus also said that there was a cup. And he said that this cup represented his blood that would be spilled out on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And it was the blood of a new covenant, meaning that there was a new agreement between God and ourselves, that God, we would live wholeheartedly in faith in your son and in obedience to your command. And that as we do so, you would wash us clean of our sins, draw us near to you by the blood of Christ, and also free us of all guilt and shame before you. And as you recognize the spilled blood of Jesus for you, let's take of the juice together. So we say again to God Almighty, thank you. And as we go back into worship now, let's honor him for the precious life of his son, given freely out of love for us all, in Jesus' name. Welcome back to worship, Second City. Let us uh, just take this time to respond to the word that you just had, that you just heard. And um, this song is called The Blessing. Um, and it is just straight from scripture about how we desire for um, the Lord to bless us, to keep us, to make his face shine upon us. So um, let's take this time and just receive that blessing uh, from him.
catch it before All right, that. Guys. Did it twice for the wrong birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to mess up somehow. <laughs> All right, we hope that you were strengthened by that last worship set and are once again filled with the encouragement that comes from the knowledge of God's great love for you. We're going to continue to talk about these matters in our community groups this week. So if you've not yet found one, please do go to our website where you can find both in-person and virtual options. We'll be praying for you, so let us know how we can be standing with you. And also think about how you can share this link with others who also need to be spurred on by the grace of God towards them. Uh, do invite those same people with you to our service next week. And until then, have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon.